Welcome to Switcher Chats, music interviews brought to you by Music Matters with Daryl Craig Harris and Music Tribes Unite. Mr. Eric Martin, how are you doing today? I'm good. I've been checked out a couple times this week, actually. I can't. I kind of a weird intro here, but like, yeah, my my children uh, they play basketball and they they have to get tested all the time because you know, can't play the games and all right, sure, obviously, you know. And then their parents are being checked as well. So I'm like, everybody knows me in the COVID uh, line. Hey, you know what? That that's I mean, especially like you know, I know gigs are just starting to pick up, which is happening for me too. So yeah. it's sort of like it's like that's just part of the game now, right? You gotta like make sure everybody's safe. And... Absolutely. <laughs> there's nothing we can do, you know. I yeah, I mean there's no band-aid, you know. So <laughs> yeah, I just gotta figure it out. Um so tell me, tell me the Mr. Big story. I mean, I know it's a story you've repeated many times, but going back to 1988, I know Billy Sheehan had just left David Lee Roth. Um, he's putting the band together. How how did you guys first meet? Well, um, you know who Mike Varney is? Yeah, Shrapnel Records, right? Shrapnel Records, producer, uh, guitar collector, pretty incredible. He called me up out of the blue. I, I've known this guy for like a good 40 years, I think. I was in a band in the 70s called Kid Courage uh, from San Francisco, and he was in a band called The Nuns. And uh, so, you know, we've just known each other forever. He called me up and, you know, I was on Capitol Records at that time. Uh, from like 85 to 80, uh, well, it could have it could have gone longer, maybe, but until Billy Sheehan ruined it. No, no. <laughs> that guy. <laughs> Thank God. Thank God he did, man. Right? Yeah, I know. I would have been, I don't know where I'd been. I would have been like, you know, the next Michael Bolton. I don't know. Thank God <laughs> Billy Sheehan came along. Um, but uh, Mike Varney said, uh, hey, you know, Billy Sheehan's looking for a singer. And my first... This is, I swear to God, and no offense to the to the to the king, but I go, who? And I, I didn't, I don't know who he was. I didn't. And right. he goes, he goes, Talus. I'm like, no. It's actually funny because I I didn't know of Billy. I mean, I'm a bass player, but I didn't even I didn't know of Billy until um, yeah. he did the David Lee Roth stuff. So I was and, like, oh, who's that guy? <laughs> and funny. and you as a bass player should probably go on right now. Going, I, I can kick myself. I exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but I ran, I ran in a different circle, you know, I mean, Herbie Herbert was my manager, good 10 years before Mr. Big. And, uh, you know, he managed Journey and all that stuff. So I was kind of privy to the rock world, but I didn't. Yeah, you kind of, kind of knew what was going on here and there, but right. A little bit, a little bit. <laughs> and so anyway, Mike uh, said, hey, Billy Sheehan's looking for a, a lead singer to start a rock band. And I'm like, oh man, I'm, I'm like, this solo guy on Capitol, I didn't know what I was or, you know, what, I mean, if you know my, my career, my, the records I've done, it's like, is he an R&B guy? Is he a rock guy? Yeah. Definitely not, definitely not a heavy hard rock guy at, yeah. at that, at that time. I mean, I, I did something in 1983, Eric Martin band, and it was a great rock and roll band. And I, I'm not trying to downplay it as, but I, but for the good of the joke, uh, it was kind of like the poor man's night ranger, you know. It's not a bad place to be, though. <laughs> no, yeah, it was. A re- it was a great band, yeah. and and the and the players that were in that band, John Nyman, who went uh, later went to Y and T, 
And then Troy Laqueta, drummer for Tesla. So, you know, we were all just starting out in, in 83, but it wasn't like a hard, a Mr. Big. It was a really good kind of journey light, you know? So back to Mike Varney, he called me up and said, hey, look, you know, I know you're doing this solo thing. And, and it wasn't really working out that well. Capital, it looked like I was going to be dropped any minute anyway, because some of those, those records, I, I did, it wasn't successful. I did a few tours with Eddie Money and maybe Paul Young was in there somewhere. I was in a limbo kind of state and I was going, all right, I'm getting a rock band again. Maybe, you know, what, what, what could happen? Yeah. And, uh, and he goes, well, I played my, uh, I played Billy um, a couple songs of yours and he's really interested and he loves, he gets the whole Paul Rogers thing. And um, you could talk to him right now. He was on the, I'm throwing Mike under the bus and he, you know, he's not notorious for this, but once in a while he, he, he'll just to speed up the process Billy's on the other line right now, you know, and oh, that's funny. Conversation. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah. oh, shit, okay. So he gets on the phone and we just kind of hash out, you know, getting to know each other over the telephone. We met in LA. I think we made a demo. We kind of try to shop a deal together and that didn't work out. And then he told me about, um, I don't really, this is what I remember from the stories that we used to talk about when we were first starting out. Paul Gilbert was a fan of Talis, and also uh, in LA, Paul did a, a, like a guitar contest. Yeah, he was a shredder and he was, he was he, at shredder. that point, he's already like has his own thing starting off, right? Oh, dude, he's all over the pages of guitar player. Exactly, guitar, right. Practicing musician. When he was telling me about Paul Gilbert, I didn't know who that was either, but I kind of knew from Mike Varney because I think Mike discovered the kid. What I did like about Paul Gilbert right off the bat was when I looked in the back pages of guitar for the practicing musician, there was a uh, an ad and Paul was sitting in a kitchen table and it was a Wheaties box with Paul on the cover playing guitar and he was eating the cereal and it was some kind of slogan, but it, I go, man, this guy's got a good sense of humor and which is a prerequisite for a great rock and roll adventure, you know? Yeah. I mean, I, 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 Billy has a great sense of humor. Pat was funny. You know, that kind of held us together for a long, long time. Yeah, you need that. I mean, when you're, when you're on the road and you're traveling, like if you have a guys that have a sense of humor about because crazy shit's going to happen, <laughs> it helps, right? <laughs> oh, yeah. It helps. A lot of fun times on the road, you know. I mean, there's a struggle out there, no matter who you are. The humor definitely kept us uh, alive and kicking. Sorry, I couldn't help it. It just kind of... So anyway, um, he judged Paul in a guitar contest and got to know him. And the three of us, we, we were in a rehearsal studio. I played a lot of piano back then, wrote a lot of songs on piano and, and acoustic guitar, but piano. And I, I wrote a couple songs. When I, when I met Billy and I was trying to get this band going, uh, I wrote a song called Rock and Roll Over and another one called Big Love. Nothing to do with Mr. Big either. It's just right, fluke, right. fluke. And I'm playing piano in, uh, in the rehearsal studio. I can see myself. We're in a circle, Paul, Billy, myself, and we're, we're auditioning uh, drummers. And uh, Pat Torby was the second guy that came in and immediately got the job. He, great drummer. And I, I do remember where, uh, you know, 
we didn't really have any songs really. And I go, Hey, do you know what, what are your influences? And he goes, well, I, you know, I like Led Zeppelin and, and the three of them, I, man, I knew a few songs lyrically, you know, uh, they played the whole Led Zeppelin catalog. You know, there's, oh, there's, there's, a book, there's a book I used to have. It was called Led Zeppelin, Led Zeppelin Complete. Right, they, right. Yeah. Have thick, you know, metal Bible. And those guys played pretty much every song in the book. And and then Pat actually, I think I said, uh, can you sing? And he goes, yeah, I can sing a little bit. And he sang and it was like, I we immediately went, God, you sound like Paul McCartney. That's a good place to be also. <laughs> yeah. Out of boom, weird. out of bing. That was it. Making yeah. a Mr. Big. It was just came together pretty earthy, you know? So you guys, um, it's interesting with your band because, of course, a lot of those, those guys are all considered rockers. And, and I mean, you are too, of course. And so, but you're probably best known for your, your big ballad, which, which also happened to the band Extreme, right? <laughs> but how, tell me about that, like how that came about, that, that song and then that ride must have been crazy when that took off, right? So um, Paul lived in, you know, the three of those guys lived in LA and I live in San Francisco. So I constantly commute and cost way too much money for me to stay in a hotel or even get an apartment. I could have, I think I did get at one point get an apartment when we were recording, but I lived with Paul uh, and he lived uh, on off of Hollywood Boulevard and uh, in, in a street called Yucca Street. And it, yeah, that, that was a funny uh, area, right? <laughs> it was terrible. Yeah, was people terrible. Like, people think Hollywood, they're like, oh, it's so, so nice. I'm like, oh, yeah, man. some parts are. <laughs> it was, it was, he had a really, really cute apartment. That sounds sort of like manly, didn't it? Like, you know, yeah, Paul, you're really cute. He had a, po- a posh apartment. <laughs> he, he definitely, it, like in the inside, it was pretty posh. On the outside, it was like, junkies doing their business out in the in the uh, right so, um, i should just throw it out there was kind of a funny story i woke up in the in the morning and he go he was making eggs in a in a walk you know oh, that's interesting <laughs> kind, of a, kind, of quirky, kind of quirky dude you know it, it's it's la it's it's allowed <laughs> i don't know if it's la or it's pennsylvania that's where he's from. oh okay there you go but he's making eggs in a walk which seemed practical, you know, to me, it's all together. And he goes, would you like some orange juice? And I go, yeah, yeah, fantastic. And he's heating up the orange juice. He, he drank orange juice like, like hot. Oh, and that's I, weird. Oh, taste. He goes, taste this, it tastes better. I'm like, okay. I'm like, go with it, Eric. Yeah, you, you go with it. I just, I, I don't know why I remember that weird thing. I've never talked about that before, but I reached into my bag and I had this demo of uh, this little song, this little sort of Crosby, Stills, Nash and Young meets Beatles type song. Right. Yep. And I go, here, listen to this cassette. And it was to be with you. And he goes, and and I didn't know that he was a huge Beatles fan before. I thought he was just a shredder, rock and roll, right, right. Yeah. priest, maiden kind of guy, you know? And he goes, oh, this is beautiful. What a beautiful song. And it made me feel really good and then kind of broke the ice about writing and stuff. And I don't know, <laughs> then, then we put it aside and just wrote our um, some of our first uh, album, which is just it's just Mr. Big or my kids used to call it the Hat and Shoes album. Yeah. And, uh, 
and we and we put it on a shelf. I put it on a shelf, and it wasn't until like the making of the Lean Into It album where I brought it out again, and I go, hey, listen, I played this for Paul, and he he liked it. You know, I don't know what I was thinking. I was Kevin Elson was our producer, who produced all the Journey records, and he was good, and he produced my one of my records in the solo days, and. I don't know what I was thinking. I don't know. I was trying to get a little diversity in Mr. Big. Paul had written for that Lean Into It album. He wrote a song called Green Tinted 60s Mind, which was completely left field from the four on the floor rock and roll kind of song. Right, right. Yeah, and, you had so much so much talent in that band. You guys kind of could have done anything. <laughs> well, I think that song opened up the door for me anyway. As a writer, I went like, hey, man. Yeah, let's try this. <laughs> now we have more, yeah, wow, there are more tools to work with. And, right. and then I think that's when I went, hey, listen to my little cassette. And Billy and Pat were like, oh, man, what a great song. Good. Yeah. Good call, Paul. You know, and everybody's agreeing on it. And I played it for Kevin. And Kevin Elson was like, uh, wow. And he played it for Herbie as well. And they were like, oh, my God, that's a great song. Yeah. But again, put on a shelf, wrote the whole Lean Into It album. And then in the end, we kind of went, oh, but there's, there's this is to be with you. And we we written more than 10, 12 songs. Right. Maybe. You have a whole, whole, whole list to choose from, right? Oh, a lot of songs got cut, you know? Yeah. yeah, yeah. A, a few that were mine, I was like, oh. <laughs> you're killing me. Those songs are like your children, right? It's Absolutely. like you're, and you're kind of bur burying your soul to these guys. You're hoping that yeah. they're going to dig, they're going to like your kid. <laughs> there, was, there was just one song it was called um, Stop Messing Around that ended up on our 30th anniversary record that came out recently for, for Lean Into It. I remember uh, we, 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 we cut it. We, you know, I showed it to the guys. We cut it into the recording studio at Fantasy Studios I was talking about earlier that yeah. what it looks like right now. And you're... Right, right. You're, my, my fake studio. <laughs> uh, don't tell anybody that, man. It looks okay. real. Okay. <laughs> so everybody liked it in the band. We, we were thinking about sticking it on the record. And Pat Torpy goes, uh, ah, man, it sounds too much like Aerosmith. And my initial reaction was like, so... Yeah, that's not a bad thing. <laughs> that's not a bad thing. I mean, like, why, why does influences have to be, you know, like, oh, that song sounds like the, you know, Zeppelin. It's, you yeah. know, like, it's decades ago, so you can get away with it. But, like, it sounds like Aerosmith, like, now. I'm like, yeah. As that. long as it's not like Ice Ice Baby, I think you're good. <laughs> yeah, that would be, that would be a, a, that's a little bit, that sounds a little too much. That, yeah. that would have been the kid, that would have been like, we wouldn't have had this conversation. <laughs> right. So uh, we'd be like, Funny. we got Eric Martin on that phone. Who? Yeah. <laughs> so, so anyway, um, Pat put the kibosh on it. And he, I thought, I go, Pat, your drum sounds so awesome. And I was like, it did have like, da 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 It had like a Lord of the Thighs, walk this way kind of sound to it. And it made right. And maybe, and definitely he was right because we didn't put that on the record and we went, man, eh, well, let's revisit that to be with you, that little, that little engine that could, and let's put that on the record. Coming up with an order to put on the record, every time there was a, a lineup on the record, you know, first song, second song, that kind of thing, was that's the way we played it live. Everything was 
nobody really thought about like, oh, what maybe the, the radio will play this. We were thinking, what will the crowd think? Put to be with you at the end of the record. And I was, I was like, oh man, I'm, that's, I was happy about that. And when we were recording it, that's when everybody went, well, we put it on the end of the record, like almost like as a dessert out of this, all this meat and potatoes, you know, that's how I looked at it. And, but when we were recording the song, it was bigger than I, I, I thought it was a great song, but it became greater with right. those guys help, you know? That's the thing. Cause like a lot of times, you know, you have different, different bands in your case, you guys had kind of a super band because everybody was so strong, but like you have certain bands, like where maybe the guys are, are all they're solid players, but then they get together and that whole unit together is just a, another level. Right best band i've ever been in i mean (laughs) i mean look no offense to i've played with a lot of incredible musicians i mean i could name drop even you dropping all over the floor but playing with um billy sheehan paul gilbert and pat torpy uh, you know we clicked we were we were so good live on records as well but man live was the thing Mm. it was People didn't know what to expect that they thought, you know, Billy and Paul, it's probably going to be a bunch of shred and it definitely was, but a big key to Mr. Big's um, live sound was the harmonies, I thought. And um, I miss it. I miss everything about it. When was your actual, your last show? That was how many years ago? 2018, I think. Um, Okay. But it it wasn't with Pat. and then we we did one tour. We went to Australia with Extreme, ironically, and did uh, some Asian stuff. Obviously, the thing with Pat was, was very sad and, and tragic. Oh, it was devastating. I mean, it's like losing your mom, you know? Yeah, like, yeah it's, it's a brother, right? It was like losing my mother or my father. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, I, I cried the same way. It was weird. It, you know, I'd be... You know, when my mother passed away, I remember crying and then it went away. And then for years, you know, driving in my car, I wonder if people like look at going, hey, isn't that Eric Martin crying his eyes out in the car? Yeah. That's how it was for um, a couple of years after Pat. I, right. I was, yeah, I didn't realize I, being in a band with Pat and the humor and the, and the, and he was such an awesome drummer, but he was such a good, good guy. I mean, he was kind of, to me, I looked at him as the referee. In the oh, band. yeah. He was, he was. Every band, every band needs that. <laughs> yeah, he was, he was, so one of our crew guys, this guy, Ange, who was um, Pat's drum tech and Matt Stars as well, who was the sub drummer for, for Pat when we were on the road. He said, Pat's the anchor of the band. He's, mm. The anchor, he, you know, like where they say the glue, he was, the right. he grounded everything, you know, when everybody would get, sometimes, you know, like the, 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 the struggles of the road or, you know, good gigs, right. bad gigs or whatever, Pat would, he'd go, everybody take a breather, you know, <laughs> I, I, yeah. I miss, I miss that. He was a little older than I was. And I was, I'm not going to say he was like a father image, but kind of a big brother for me. Right. And and I needed it, man. I was, uh, yeah, because you you're you're I like did, you're getting I a lot of stuff coming down, at you, right? <laughs> what? I, what? I said you have a lot of stuff coming at you. You're young. You're making. You're famous, <laughs> and you got you need somebody to say, "Hey, kid." <laughs> oh, you do. You do. I mean, yeah. we had Herbie Herbert for that, but not 
not 24 hours a day, like Pat, Pat, right. He would go like this, you know, if I complain about something, singer, what can you do? No offense to any of these singers out there, but <laughs> just what we do, I think. But I'd go, ah, oh, this gig sucks, man. I can't do this to my throat, you know, and he'd go, Eric, <laughs> just, just relax. Did you do a vocal lesson? No, do a vocal lesson. You know, like it'd be, he'd be, he, he was kind of a, my conscience. People always ask why Zeppelin didn't get back together or get another drummer. And it's like, because that's part of the soul of the band, a brother, and it's hard to replace that, right? It was, it's really hard. Um, I think that's the reason why we're not playing. You know, like I said, we did a tour after Pat's uh, demise. We played in Australia and we did a little Asia and then we did a, a European tour, festivals and, and whatnot. And then it was surreal. I mean, Matt Starr was a, a, a good replacement. Um, but, you know, looking back behind me, you know, it wasn't. Yeah, it's weird, right? It's weird. Totally weird. Tell you, it was a different band. And, uh, and then after that, I think it just, I've been saying this a, a little bit, you know, where we're keeping the door open, but, right. but there's not a lot of foot traffic. Yeah, it's, it's understandable. And I mean, you, you've actually, I mean, you've been staying busy. Tell us about what you've been doing since then. You, you have your own band. I know that you've been working with. Tell me about that and, and what, yeah, what you it, guys have been up to. I, I started doing this actually um, years ago, doing like acoustic guitar playing. I get, I'll, I have this guitar player in, um, in England. His name is David Cottrell. Cottrell. And him and I play all over Europe playing acoustic guitar. And I, mm. uh, a lot of Mr. Big songs that I've written, uh, some of my Eric Martin stuff from the past, maybe a couple little covers, but being in a rock band, when, when I was younger, I could do five to seven shows in a row. And then, man, and nowadays, man, I'm complaining at three. And Yeah, it's, it's hard on your voice, right? Doing night after night after night. Older. I'm older. I could do a yeah. Cut out the drinking for a long, long time now. You know, you can do all the vocal lessons in the world. It's just your age, man. Yeah. So, but with acoustic, man, I could, I could fly, man. I can, I can do like five shows in a row easily. Cause it's, you know, I'm not fighting over the. Yeah. You know, you're not part. fighting the loud guitar player. <laughs> yeah. 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 But uh, so him and I, we, we do it all over uh, Europe. And then in America, uh, I got uh, PJ Farley, bass player for uh, 90s American rock and roll band Trickster. He uh, plays bass. And then awesome. I, I got this guy, Ben Hands. Great name for a percussion player, by the way. It's not Hands. That's the best name ever. Hans, <laughs> ben Hans. And he, he plays with Kip Winger. Uh, so oh, awesome. Right. So the three of us, we play in the United States. And so that keeps me busy. And then I have a I'm a part of a rock opera in uh, in Germany and Europe called Avantasia. It's huge, huh. huge. Awesome. Headlining, uh, you know, Sweden rock and and uh, the right. metal uh, concert in the world, Bakken in Germany. I mean, yep. they're they're headliners. I mean, you got like you know Maiden and Priest and all these names. I, I'm I'm not in the, and that's just the notable bands. There's thousands of bands. I'm like. You're also a fan, right? <laughs> Dude, I'm a fan, but I'm also I'm not I'm not in that world, you know. Right, right, right. But I I have been for the last six years, so it's it's a 
power uh, metal, I guess those guys are probably, we're not power metal. Okay, well, I don't know, but power metal <laughs> band. And then right. it, it's got about six, seven singers in it. The main guy is Tobias Samet, and he's the, the brainchild, the creator of the whole thing, Avantasia. And then it's uh, it's got all these great European rock and roll singers. Mm-hmm. And, then in, and a couple of Americans, this woman named Adrian Cowan, who's kind of a more of a heavier uh, metal singer, me and Jeff Tate. Cool. But, but, and it travels all over Europe. We've played America a few times, um, Massachusetts, New York. We actually played in, in, my, in San Jose, California recently. And then, man, I got, I'm doing solo stuff in March, playing South America, June, July, August, Avantasia and solo stuff. And then, uh, you know, just. Yeah, that's awesome, just, man. Just kind of keeping busy. You know, yeah. when, when Pat passed away, and Mr. Big was floating around, not doing anything. Uh, I, I went through like this really incredible depression. You yeah, know, my that makes. Drummer, I mean, that's understandable, of course. Yeah, drummer passed away, bands gone, so the work kind of was uh, therapeutic. Kind of kept me going, and right, I just I haven't stopped. What's awesome is that you've always stayed busy. And like you said, like when you're having those issues, like maybe feeling depressed, which is understandable. I mean, when bad stuff happens, but you kind of like pick yourself back up and, and kind of keep going and people love your voice. They love the song. So there's definitely always going to be a market, right? People want to hear that. We wish to express our deepest gratitude to Switcher Studio and Kathy Island Worldwide for their steadfast support and generosity. You can learn more about live streaming software by visiting www.switcherstudio.com and product services and exciting new music at www.kathyisland.com. Now on with the show. What's, what's your advice for um, young songwriters, young singers? And I mean, I, obviously it's not an easy business, but what, what are some of the things that you've really learned along the way? When I was asked this type of question when I was younger, I don't know. I, you know, like I'm in a little bit of a creative limbo slump right now as far as writing. But and I used to say, you know, get a following. You know, like being in your little town and own small pond, and then you'll, you'll, uh, you know, you, you may get noticed. But I think my mantra over the years was don't stress about it. Don't, don't freak out that you're not making it right away. Good things always used to happen to me when I least expected it. That's been kind of my mantra. If I don't think about it and I just, and I don't, I don't freak out waiting for the phone to ring or, uh, you know, I've, I've, I don't, this is like back in the day and even recently, you know, given my CD at, out to uh, management companies or promoters or whatever. I mean, the usual, the usual hustle, right? Yeah, yeah I still struggle. And that struggle, but I'm still doing the hustle, like you said. And I'm going, waiting for that phone to ring or oh, the mailman's <laughs> here. Ding. Oh, my big break's coming, you know. And uh, when I don't stress about it, things happen. I mean, just yesterday i don't want to i can't talk about it right now but like yesterday i was like wow i could really use that check <laughs> right know? right i don't know or i could use some good news you know 
Yeah. yeah you, need, you, need, you need to stay motivated and you kind of keep moving. And I, and I agree with you. Like sometimes the universe has a plan and we don't know what the plan is, but it still happens anyways. So we just kind of let it, let it happen, right? There's a flow to it. I got lucky. You know, we got lucky to have a number one single in umpteenth uh, countries and caught the public on a good day. I mean, there's so many talented people out there. You know, I, I get CDs from people, recordings and all, all that. And uh, half of them are, they suck eggs, whatever. <laughs> yeah. But there are some gems that, and these guys, uh, they're asking me, how do I make it? Can you help me? I'm like, oh man, I don't, I don't have those connections anymore. I, I, I do have a few little connections. I go, well, I'll take your CD and I'll turn it on to a manager, a promoter, or somebody. And you know, I've I've gone through so many years where guys that uh, answered phones at record companies became, you know, head of A and R or became presidents, and now they're retired. I'm I'm that I've been in the business that long, right? <laughs> That's and funny. So, uh, I mean, I'll, I, I'll, I do what I can, but you yeah. know, I don't have those kind of connections anymore. But, but that being said, there are super talented people out there and I, I wish them luck. And yeah, sometimes, you know, just, just a note from you to say, Hey man, I, I dig what you're doing. That could, that could mean the world to somebody, right? Even if you can't directly help them, but. Songwriting wise. I mean, there was this kid just recently from uh, Sweden, super talented guy, uh, I wish I knew his name at the moment. Jimmy, Jimmy Allen, or uh, I'm, I'm calling you can send it. You can send it to me. <laughs> yeah, I send it to you. This, he's a really talented uh, pop rock kind of singer. Not a not a Justin Bieber thing, but more rock and roll. Mm-hmm. But, um, he's really really good, and he sent me a song r- recently. He said, "Would would I consider doing a duet?" And I'm like, "Yeah, the song's good," and because I I. I see the talent in this kid and he appeals right. to a kind of a younger audience, you know, and I'm like, all right, maybe they, <laughs> who, who knows? Maybe. Hey, you know what? You never know. <laughs> yeah, you, never know. <laughs> you know, that that's the reason why I do this thing where I didn't call it this name, Eric Martin's big acoustic. Somebody, somebody like in a, an, a nightclub went, uh, you know, Eric Martin's playing and he's playing acoustic and yeah. The big songs. And we did we did a tagline. <laughs> yeah, and they, they did a tag thing, Eric Warren's big acoustic. And yeah. I'm I'm looking around to management. Uh oh, am I gonna get in trouble? And I didn't get in trouble. And so I went, I'm gonna use this title. And yeah, it's awesome. That's great. So I, I do this Eric Martin's big acoustic. And it's you know, it's super fun and all that. And and I do get a lot of acoustic guitar player stars coming out of the woodwork going, uh yeah. Hey, like to do a duet and that kind of thing. Anyway, I don't know why I brought that up, but yeah, that's I, I a, you know what? Um, I had a plan. Yeah, our friend, our friend Terry Cote. Um, I know she played with you. She sat oh, in. That's actually, I don't remember if I started er, any earlier than that, but I played in um, in Ashland, Oregon, with a couple friends, uh, Tommy and Ron, and we were, all, we were we played acoustic, and I remember playing a few things, and I met Terry. Terry, we should tell people Terry. Terry was David Cassidy's long, long time drummer, total sweetheart. Yeah. Oh, and and singer. She's a yep. great, great singer and super, you know, you know, the handful of people that you've met in your life where you go, one of the nicest people, you know, 
Yeah, she's she's a shining light. That, that's what I would. <laughs> yeah. A beacon. Man. A beacon. Yeah, there you yeah. go. I know. I I, I really I, I love this woman a lot. And um, she was at the gig and she was so professional. I, I, I'm professional, too. But, if, you know, I do a lot of comedy and stuff on the uh, on my acoustic stuff. My right. shows, and it's kind of laid back and everything. But she was playing congas and she did the research, man. She, I, all the harmonies were pristine, perfect of everyone awesome. to be with you. Hadn't sound that good in a long, long time outside of Mr. Pig. <laughs> I was like, wow, this is good. I better like step up my game. Yeah, she was, she is a, a super talented person. Yeah, and she's actually the one who, uh, who introduced us, which is awesome. She, uh, she's like, I know this guy, Eric, you should talk to. I'm like, oh, she, told me, she told me the name. I'm like, oh, okay, well, yeah. <laughs> oh, paint it forward, man. I love it. Yeah, it's awesome. Yeah, I hadn't, I didn't have any game plan. I was just playing one-off shows, playing acoustic. This is years ago when I did this hmm. with Terry and at that time, I was like, oh, man, I got to get my shit together, man. I, if I want to play with with uh, talented people like this, I better get my shit together. And I, I don't know why our uh, ships didn't pass in the night again after that. But I, I would love what I'm saying. is like, I would love to work with her again. <laughs> Yeah, we we talked we, we had to talk about that. We'll talk about it later. <laughs> so little little uh, David Cassidy music might be fun, but um <laughs> are you gonna make she let's talk about it. Let's do yeah. it. I, 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 we won't we won't we won't make we won't make news here about it. <laughs> no, no, she she asked me about you know, like the, the teen idols like David Cassidy. Right. Um, yeah, we all grew up. We all grew up hearing him, right? Oh, I wanted to be David Cassidy. He had the great hair. Yeah, I mean, he had all all the girls <laughs> and all the girls. But but like you know, I looked in my closet and I'm like, I got the Paisley shirts too, right? <laughs> and back in the '70s, and right. and then you know, and then he gets a television show thing, and I'm like, oh, I want to be David Cassidy. Anyway, yeah, so Terry, yeah, that's awesome. You know, Terry's telling me about some project or something in in england or something yeah yeah we had some stuff we're talking we'll yeah, talk about so that we'll talk edited. about that off air <laughs> no no all right well you can edit it you know i i thought yeah it's great it's great it's great music we actually so we put the band together when david passed away we did um his memorial band that? yeah so you we played I, yeah because I'm, I'm a bass player also Oh, dude. Anyway, look, look, I told her I, that I would, I love uh, David Cassidy, but you know, she might want to get somebody a little younger to, to <laughs> do something. I mean, look, I have kind of a, I'm not, I'm not backing out slowly. Trust me. I'm, I'm intrigued and I'm into it, but yeah. you know, I have kind of a husky gravel voice, you know, and I'm like, you know, I'm, I think I'll, I might have. You know what's what's more. funny about what's tricky about that, and what's funny about it is you really don't want somebody that's a, like a um, like an impersonator. That that's what you don't want. But I think I think the fact is you have a lot of great music on your own, and combining that with with amazing David Cassidy songs, it could be a really fun combination. I, I love that 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 music was so well done. It, it was. I mean, even uh, I was going to say that. I got I got so many irons in the fire in my head right now. Yeah, but, that's okay. But when you say uh, you don't you want to you don't want to get like an impersonator or a guy that sounds spot on, that's a musician way of thinking. You know, the right. audience they want that. 
what's cool about you is you have your, it's sort of like the Paul Rogers thing that they did with Queen because Paul has his own fans. I know it was, yeah. it was a little tough. Well, well, a, it was Freddie's impossible to replace. <laughs> it was weird. Yeah. Paul, I, I, I thought it was really quirky. I mean, I love Paul Rogers and I love Queen. Right. But, you know, I'm probably one of the only ones that in the world that doesn't like uh, peanut butter and jelly. And, and it's, <laughs> right. that's a good way to put it. It yeah. sounds, yeah, it, to me, or the Europeans eating French fries and, and mayonnaise. I mean, like to me, that just, what the, what the? <laughs> no, French fries and curry, right? <laughs> oh, what? Anyway, uh, yeah. But, well, but, get, uh, getting, getting back to what we were talking about. Um, oh, yeah, we're going to change the subject, do you? Uh, well, we're going to, well, yeah, we're going to definitely talk about that because that would be awesome. But um, right. tell people how, how they can find you online. Oh, really? Yeah. Hey, Mr. Tech Savvy? Hey, well, you know. <laughs> Uh, I, I have a couple of Facebooks and, you know, you got to look it up. Is There is a, an official Eric Martin Facebook, oh, man, dude, you, ericmartin.com. I don't know. I look, I still have my old web page that I barely. Uh, it's, it's actually off, funny because you, you have an AOL email address and I do too. <laughs> so we're both, we're both rolling old school. <laughs> I have an AOL uh, email address and I don't know why I'm throwing it out there, but if you look at my, on the Facebooks and some of the website things that I've had over the years, it says my email address, right? And I kind of use that for fun and business. The same 80s name that I had. Like, <laughs> I've had it for decades, man. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, AOL. Is, is that funny? I, I know, I know. You know, it's funny because I know you probably have the same thing. I have so many people have that email address for me that I'm afraid if I shut it down, I'm going to lose contact with like a whole bunch of people. <laughs> so it's funny. No, I look at it. Oh, God, man, I'm having a problem right now with with uh, my wife used to be the administrator, administrator of Facebook. And then and then she uh, since PJ Farley has been working with me and right. he's, he's tech savvy guy. I'm I'm not. You know, I, I like writing people back. It's like writing a letter. You know, I like writing people back. And, and I'm not good with like uh, where I'm playing. Or all right. Yeah. yeah. You know, you got, you got peoples for that. <laughs> it's all good. in town. Is that me? Anyway. Uh, <laughs> right. And so PJ kind of took over. And then now I can't even get on my own Facebook. I have to, when I want to write something back, I have two Facebooks. So one is like full on where I'm playing. And right, right. Business, yeah. And the other one was a personal Facebook that turned into more fan friendly kind of thing. Right. And, and I can get on that, but the, that one Facebook, I don't know why I'm telling people that I'm just like stupid, but. <laughs> <laughs> that was, but you know, I, there's a lot, there's a lot of people that are in that situation. And also too, like it gets overwhelming because when you have a lot of fans, you could spend all day doing that and you don't have time. <laughs> you know? I hope people don't like thinking like, oh, boo-hoo, big rock star. No, but, no, no. But hey, it's, man, it's real. It's for real. Yeah. It's kind of weird, you know, where you're writing somebody back. As soon as you get online, writing somebody back and boxes, 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 messages. Right. Like, yep. uh, and then I, I and you kind of feel you kind of feel guilty because you want to reply, but you just can't. <laughs> I can't. And I say, you know, like, and I'm not a very good typer, which right. is, you know. Hold on, wait for a minute. You know, I, 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 feel like <laughs> I know. I'm the same. Way. I'm the same way. <laughs> I play chopsticks uh, when I right, write. Yeah, right. Uh, anyway, EricMartin.com or Eric Martin official thing. You'll if you if if you see my Facebook page, I talk about 
keeping things forever, like AOL or whatever. I I have I have this cheesecake picture of me uh, years and years ago. I did something for uh, Sony Japan. Right. It was called Mr. Vocalist, and which I know sound kind of pretentious, but that it sold. Yeah, that's that's a Japanese thing. Right. Of me me doing a Japanese uh, me singing. Uh, it's hard to explain, but it was uh, number one uh, million selling uh, female Japanese artists, female, right. and they wanted a male's perspective. And redoing the songs, right? Redoing the songs, uh, and me and my partner Andre taking the synopsis of the Japanese lyrics, writing American lyrics to it, and singing these songs. And I thought it was kind of like, oh, this is some weird fluke project but <laughs> yeah. sold 300,000 records anyway and I did a few of these and, and people love it I mean in Japan they love it on my Facebook is the cheesecake picture that I took like 20 years ago it's like a it's so the hair <laughs> no, it, was, it was my hair like it is now a little oh, okay cookie, but total cheesecake picture and then my logo is e uh, like an em you know and it's still up there on the Facebook. I never changed it. And people still use it, right? Yeah, and I like it. <laughs> I love to me, I love when people go, I mean, I really, I really love it. They go, wow, you, you look, you look really young for your age. But if you saw this cheesecake picture that's floating around the internet because I haven't changed it, it's like, I don't look that young. <laughs> well, I think I think you're doing pretty you're doing pretty good. Uh for you. Yeah. And and you actually, I mean, you you've you've kept yourself looking healthy, staying healthy, and that's that's awesome. A lot of our friends haven't, as you know, from the from the old days. So it's 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 well, great to be in a in a good healthy place. I, I appreciate that. I appreciate yeah. that. awesome. I'm thank I'm, you so I'm seven hundred pounds if I stood up right now. I don't believe you. <laughs> Thank right. you so much for joining me, Eric. I know we you well, have like huge stories, and I, we could probably go on forever. Maybe we'll do another one down the road. We'll talk about our our adventures. Who knows what we might get into together? <laughs> you can't keep you know when you say you can't keep a good man down. You can't shut me up. I would hey. love to talk some adventures. Yeah. Either. That's awesome. Thank you so much. Um, we'll put all of your um, contact information. I'll do some research for you and get, get that together. And we'll put that on the on the video. Um, <laughs> shout out to our friends at Music Crowns in London and our, our friends at Basic Guitar Love. To my new sponsor, Kathy Ireland, <laughs> who you might know. You're kidding. No, I'm not kidding. <laughs> but the um, Kathy Ireland? Yeah. So we have we have Switcher Studios and uh, Kathy Ireland. So, um, so. Thank you so much for joining us, and uh, we will talk soon. And I will send you links and everything to all the uh, the outlets. Thank you. Hey, uh, let me just say, your yes, interview with Billy Sheehan. Thank you so much. I love Billy. He's such a sweetheart. Smartest man on the planet. He was actually my first interview, and he didn't have to say yes, but he did anyways. And and I said, it's kind of started this whole ball rolling. <laughs> so. Good. Yeah. He. Yeah. He's. He's definitely a. Um, he's a good man. Sweet guy monster bass player but yeah smartest guy on the planet smartest guy i ever met anyway yeah and a huge heart for sure yeah that's the key awesome thank you so much eric You're welcome bro. awesome see you now you can follow us on all major podcast outlets 
at Music Matters with Daryl Craig Harris. Thanks for joining us and catch you next time. Music Matters.